So when Ariana was uh, preparing to go to sabbatical for the summer, before the summer began, she called me and said, okay, Roger, the deadline is here. I need your sermon titles. And so I knew the first Sunday of the summer would be easy enough. That was going to be my prayers for us for the summer. And I knew the last one would be easy enough. That's going to be a wrap-up of all we learned. But for July, this title just came to me. And I blurted it out to Ariana. The Tao and the God. Little did I know two months ago or so that that would be the perfect thing for me. This week has been full of loss and grief for me. And to read the Tao, to read those small little chapters of ancient wisdom has been so healing and so cleansing for me. And so from that place of gift and grace, I offer up these simple thoughts on the Tao this morning, from my heart to yours. What is this Tao? This thing that is older than God, this thing that is infinite without beginning, without end, what is it? Darkness within darkness, the gateway to all understanding. What is it like, the Tao? The Tao Te Ching says it's like a well, used but never used up. The Tao is empty but fully capable. Hello, mystery, my old friend. I've come to speak with you again. Some things are not knowable. Some things are not attainable. Have you ever had this experience of just walking along, just driving along, just doing your work, and the most incredible peace comes to you, the most incredible feeling of belonging or comfort or insight It's total gift. You couldn't manufacture it if you wanted. When I was still in seminary early on, I was doing some field work out in Sterling, Virginia, at a small little church out there, outside of Washington, D.C., and a group of us decided that we would go on silent retreat at Day Spring, a part of Church of the Savior. Church of the Savior is a church of small, scattered communities throughout D.C., It's been part of the D.C. scene since the Second World War. Those scattered communities are where people join the church. You may be in a community that works with the homeless or that works with people who are coming back from jail. You may be part of their lunch cafeteria and bookstore. In all those communities, there is a worship schedule and a lot of of work to do to sustain the ministry And you don't join the Church of the Savior. You're ordained into its ministry. And one of the options as part of Church of the Savior is to be in the ministry at Dayspring in suburban Maryland, in Germantown, Maryland. A silent retreat center surrounded by every kind of suburban house you could imagine. This beautiful oasis of land and meadow and forest and creek, and farmhouse. So this church I was a part of in Sterling, Virginia, decided one Saturday 
to go over and do silent retreat at Dayspring. If you ever want to do one here, just let me know. I'd be happy to organize a day-long silent retreat for us. We went out there and we were silent. We read and we prayed and we, we journaled. We ate all in silence. We walked around. And towards the end of the day, I was standing next to a friend. And we were looking out at the meadow. And just in that moment, a whole slew, I, I don't know, a school, a tribe, a gaggle of deer, 20 deer just hopped by. It was the most incredible experience of peace and grace and light and belonging that I've had. The meadow and I were one. The mystic Meister Eckhart says it well, the knower and the known are one. Simple people imagine that they should see God over there as if he were there and we were here. So we're looking and these deer hop by and in the midst of this silent retreat, I said, look at those deer. (laughs) My friend said, Roger, we're at a silent retreat. I said, I know, I don't care. Look at those deer. Now, you know, I mean, if you know me, you know that keeping silence is not my easiest job in the world. But I had done such a good job all day, and it just burst forth. I was serene in that moment. I was serene. I mean, serenity. It was more than happiness. It was more like a deep sense that I belonged in the world, and the world belonged in me. I had some feeling that I could not describe. No words could capture it. So I pointed to what I thought was the source of that ecstasy and that serenity. But those deers jumping weren't the source of my ecstatic mystic experience. They were just the closest thing I could see to attempt to describe that feeling. They were the closest thing I could come up with. I was returning in that moment to my source, my center, the core of my being, the nothing that is pure peace and delight. Look at those deer. Each separate being in the universe, the Tao says, returns to the common source. Returning to the source is serenity. If you don't realize the source, you stumble in confusion and sorrow. When you realize where you come from, you naturally become tolerant, amused, gentle as a grandmother, kind-hearted as a grandmother, dignified as a king. Immersed in the wonder of the Tao, you can deal with whatever life brings you. As that beautiful song, Be Thou My Vision, captures so well. Whatever life brings you. And when death comes, the Tao says, you are ready. Now, I've seen a deer a million times since then. And sometimes they are quite lovely, and sometimes they are quite annoying. And I've seen elk in Estes Park with good friends, but nothing has ever quite captured the moment like that one. I don't know how to describe all that. But I know that it was something like a brief 
glimpse, a suggestion of the Tao, pure gift, pure grace. Emerson says that the best part of every mind is not that which a person knows, but that which hovers and gleams, suggestions, hints, tantalizing before the person. This world is a crazy mystery, and the education the world provides us, good and not so good, works in our souls to touch the springs of wonder in us and make us alive to the mystery which we are born to. That done, all is well begun. And when we meditate, when we contemplate, when we reflect, of the, uh, a few of the miracles that we've experienced visit us. If I try to recreate the deer in the meadow experience, I couldn't if I tried it a million times. If I moved to Germantown, Maryland tomorrow and sat next to that meadow for the rest of my life, I couldn't recapture that moment. It was just that moment. But it offered a glimpse, it offered a hint, and it is sustaining. I can't manufacture it, but I can sure try to stay open to other experiences when they visit. Look and it can't be seen, the Tao Te Ching says. Look and it can't be seen. Listen and it can't be heard. Reach and it can't be grasped. Above it isn't bright. Below it isn't dark. Seamless, unnameable. It returns to the realm of nothing. Approach it, there's no beginning. Follow it, there's no end. You can't know it, but you can be it. That's my favorite line in the whole Tao Te Ching. You can't know it, but you can be it. At ease in your own life, just realize where you come from. This is the essence of wisdom. You can't know it, but you can be it, so be it. Whoever you are, whatever you are, wherever you are on life's journey, etc., etc., be it. What is this Tao, a friend asked this week? Is it love? Is it energy? Is it flow? I have no idea. I just know it's unknowable but livable, empty and inexhaustible, the mystery at the heart of all life. The Tao is called the Great Mother, empty yet inexhaustible. It gives birth to infinite worlds. It is always present within you. You can use it any way you want. Use it any way you want. Use it or lose it, shake your booty, sing your song, do your thing, find your bliss, shake your fist, find your groove, make your move, whatever you want. It's available to you. It is always present within you. It reminds me of the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Thomas. Jesus says, look, if those who lead you say the kingdom of God is in the sky, then the birds will beat you to it. The kingdom of God, they say, is in the, the lake or the ocean, then it belongs to the fishes. It is within you, Jesus says. The kingdom of God is within you and outside of you. When you come to know yourselves, then you will become known and you will realize that you are the daughters of the living one. You are the sons of the living one. When you come to know yourself, you will be known, very Taoist. But if you do not know yourselves, you will dwell in poverty, and you will be that poverty. 
Perhaps whatever Jesus meant by the kingdom of God is inside of you is the same thing Lao Tse meant by the Tao. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is inside you and outside you. Immediately after Jesus says the kingdom of God is inside you, he says, and it's outside you too, lest you be tempted to think that this is some kind of dualistic conception. The Tao and the God of life are both unknowable and glimpsable, unknowable and inexhaustible, and both give birth to infinite worlds. In the middle of the 20th century, a few Christian theologians wanted to emphasize the unknowability of God, remind us that our conceptions of God were useless. Bonhoeffer cried out for a religious Christianity in a world come of age. They said, we can't reach for God. The God is unattainable, like the Tao. But they said that God was glimpsable, revealable in the way that Jesus lived Jesus' life. They said that God's mysteries are too great for our conceptions, too mysterious and vast for our models and our schemas and our systems. As soon as you've spoken of the Tao, it is no longer the Tao. And as soon as you conceptualize God, it's no longer God. It's beyond our knowableness. So God's mystery and unknowableness I wish, up, I wish to lift up today. We can't know the Tao, but we can be the Tao. We can't fully know God, but we can be God. Words can never express that which God is, Unity's founder, Charles Fillmore, said. Words fail in this regard. Fillmore spent a lot of time thinking about how our conceptions of God got God all wrong. Words never express that which God is. We speak when we speak of God as children mumbling about things that mature minds know nothing of. So what do we do in the face of that unknowableness? We lift up humility. And then, as soon as Fillmore said, words fail us, he spent a whole bunch of words trying to capture God. I love it, right? (laughs) Who among us doesn't? What Fillmore said about God is our words fail us, our concepts fail us, but he wanted to lift up the idea that God is the health of God's people, the wholeness of God's people. We were made for health and wholeness. God is power, Fillmore said, but not power as we conceive of power, with armies and military might and oppression and domination. But rather, and and check out Taoist the sounds, God is that indescribable reservoir of stored up energy that manifests no potency whatsoever until set in motion through the consciousness of humans, yet possesses an inexhaustible capacity that is beyond words to express. Beyond words to express. So, so, I want to get practical for one minute. What can we take away from the idea that the Tao is unknowable, that the God is unknowable, but we can embody both? 
first in our times of prayer and meditation and reflection. We must, I think, individually and collectively be a people of hope. Anxiety is all around us. Despair and cynicism are all around us. And we are called to be a people of hope. I did not give you a spirit of fear, Jesus says. We did not inherit a spirit of fear. Love and hope are the people we are called to be. So as you pray, think, how do I embody hope? How do I embody love? Those are not the Tao, but they're part of the Tao. We, we must remember that the spirit and the flesh are one. If we embody the Tao, if we embody the God, the body is at one with the sacred. The status quo in Western thought splits spirit and matter And it has rendered the lie that the flesh is to be feared and avoided in this new day, in this world come of age. The flesh returns to the natural world as source, sacredness, fertility, connection, unity, and joy. In this new day, the source of authority is within you. Not beyond you, not over there, but inside you. You are a gospel story. You are Luke and Matthew and Paul and John and the Buddha. You are a sacred story. Your chapter of the unfolding of the unknowable and inexhaustible God is crucially important. And you write it in small ways and large, so keep writing, keep living. God's life emerges through your life, so shine on. Another thing to remember, the imperative and centrality of intimacy and relationship. None of this is done in a vacuum. One of the reasons, even as old mythologies die away and are no longer useful, one of the reasons communities of faith like this endure is because we all get to practice growing a soul with people who are also growing souls. And we find forgiveness in community and patience and compassion and love and kindness. If I fall out of grief because my friend is moving to town or my friend has died, you are there to lift me up. If I fall because I screwed up beyond imagining, you're there to say, all right, get that together, Roger. Right? We do this work together. We call forth in one another our gifts and our talents, and we celebrate when we live into them. Own your story. Lift up the unity of all things. And finally, revision the divine. If the old images of God do not work for you, Paint a new picture of the sacred and the holy. You are in the Tao. You are in the divine. If God was abstract and transcendent and far away, now paint a picture of God as imminent, close as you're breathing. Incarnate God. Make God manifest in the flesh, which is to be celebrated. Present most fully in relationships. Paint a new picture of the divine as the poet who said 
and speaking of God. I am food on the prisoner's plate. I am water rushing to the wellhead, filling the pitcher until it spills. Blessings. Blessings.